We're back here with Front Office U Fridays, here with a special guest, someone who, uh, believe it or not, knew one of our first guests on the show, Tanner. Um, but we're here with Ashwin Pono Kumati, uh, who is manager of inside sales for the Houston Texans. How's it going today, Ash? Vicar, it's going well, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, love seeing what you guys are doing from afar with this platform and I'm excited to spend a few minutes here with you today. Absolutely. We're always excited to be able to get more people, especially on the NFL side. I know that's some side that we haven't had as many guests as we'd hope, but especially with the the Texans and um, all the exciting things happening down there with coaching, as well as just players um, getting you know put on the team there. But your career started at the University of Oregon. Uh, what kind of led you to the University of Oregon and what was kind of like the, I guess, behind the scenes thinking when you were in high school trying to make that decision? Yeah, so um, I'm a California guy, West Coast guy through and through. Um, I was born and raised in San Jose, California, out there in the Bay Area. And, you know, when it came time to start looking at colleges, I, I knew I prefer to stay on the West Coast, but I also wanted to move away um, a bit from my hometown. Um, and, you know, going growing up in the West Coast, uh, I'd be completely, completely lying if I said I was a diehard Oregon fan growing up, but I've always been sort of drawn to the Oregon Duck brand. Um, you know, everybody knows about Nike being synonymous with the school and the uniforms and all that good stuff, but they were just a fun school to watch. Um, and the reality is um, I was a solid student in high school, but I by no means had the grades to get into the big name schools in California, you know, such as Stanford's and UC Berkeley's and USC and UCLA's of the world. So um, I still really, really wanted to get that experience of going to a big D1 school um, and, you know, and also a college that, had a solid sports business program and, and reputation in that industry. So um, Oregon kind of checked all those boxes off for me. And um, I remember I visited the campus and fell in love with it. And I guess the rest is history. I can agree with the Nike thing. I think every time someone says Nike and they think of any college football team, they think Oregon, especially just with the rich background you guys have with the jersey. That's where each year it's always a cool jersey. A lot of haters out there, I will say, um, <laughs> for being a being a college kind of sporting fan. In my college, we actually talked about uh, Nike and its deal with um, Oregon and how cool it was and how unique it still is with um, other organizations, especially with NIL deals coming in here. Um, but also, it's kind of cool how you said that you couldn't get in those other schools. That's besides the point. You're you're in sports <laughs> now, which is something that a lot of people tend to, um, you know, go to big schools and may not have the opportunity to do so. So I think it's really cool that you're able to take that out. But what kind of, like you said, they have a really strong sports kind of background there. What kind of experiences did you get in college that really kind of set you apart to, to be ready to be in the sports industry? Yeah, so, um, you know, to give you some context here, just reflecting on, on my time in college, um, had a great four years at Oregon. You know, I always had the dream of working in sports and held on to that. But, you know, coming into school, I never really knew what career paths existed in this business. You know, how you're supposed to go about getting a job in sports and definitely didn't know anybody that worked in the industry. So, um, you know, on top of that, um, I knew that there were hundreds, if not thousands of people that were just like me who had the same exact goal as I did to work in sports. And, um, you know, thinking back, I vividly remember my sophomore year. Um, I was a part of the sports business club in Oregon um, and I was 
chosen amongst a small group to take a trip up to Portland to take part in a career fair that the Portland Trailblazers were hosting. And, you know, we got to go to a game afterwards as well, which is pretty cool. Um, but at that career fair, there were tons of different companies and organizations that had tables set up. Um, and all the students that were there would, you know, immediately immediately looking for the big companies and all the professional sports teams that were there. And um, I think Nike was there, the Utah Jazz were there, the Portland Trailblazers obviously were there, and a few others were there that day as well. And um, the lines to go talk to representatives from some of these organizations were probably, you know, 30, 40, 50 students deep. Um, and that was kind of a reality check for me at that point. Um, so, you know, it wasn't really until the summer of my junior year when I started to get really serious about pursuing a career in sports. Um, you know, I essentially told myself that, you know, if I didn't at least put 110% into it um, to see if it was a possibility for me, um, you know, I'd look back years down the road with regret. Um, and so I didn't really care how competitive it was, you know, my, my going into my senior year, or the hurdles that were in my way, I was going to, you know, be fearless and and do everything in my power to, um, you know, put myself in a good position to break into the business. So, you know, my senior year, my focus was all in right on getting experience in the sports industry. And, um, you know, one of the things I did was, um, through my involvement with, uh, with Oregon sports business club, um, I was chosen out of a small group to represent Oregon sports business center, um, and participate in, you know, an externship with Fox sports, uh, where we essentially were broken up into teams. We were given a business problem to tackle, um, and then ultimately responsible for, uh, pitching our solutions and ideas to senior Fox sports executives, which, you know, was a great, great experience. Um, and then, you know, pretty much the majority of my senior year on top of school, um, you know, I also worked full time for a sports sponsorship agency um, in a sales role. Um, and I think Greg Pye, I think, was was a guest on this podcast a little while ago as well. Um, he was the one that hired me on. Um, and essentially, uh, part of my role, I was assigned to a company called Huddle, um, which, you know, is a pretty well-known platform for high school and college athletes. And um, that was one of their client accounts at the time. So uh, my job, you know, I was essentially responsible for reaching out to businesses across the country, brands across the country to set meetings and, and essentially pitch huddle sponsorship programs. Um, that's really where my, my passion for sales grew. Um, and ultimately, the head of that agency at the time, um, you know, who's an industry veteran uh, by the name of Garrett Shea, uh, he respected the work that I did, I guess, and, you know, was a really big reason why I landed the role that I did post-graduation with the Miami Dolphins. It's a long story, but it's obviously throughout that time was important for you to be able to get experience, especially with, you know, having Greg, he's, he's been, he's been really great for, for my development to just letting me know kind of uh, how he started. And like you said, he, he worked, I didn't know he necessarily worked kind of with you, which was really kind of cool to see how everything comes together, how the sports industry is very small um, overall. But it's also really cool that you said that, you know, you gave 110% or more because you knew that opportunities in sports is so very slim, especially in the mm -hmm. sports business side. Uh, maybe athletes who retire, they have those opportunities because of their name, their brand and everything around that. But you have to make your, make it, you know, basically in college of, are you going to be that person who is all invested in, or are you going to be someone who, you know, we all know those people who put in just 90% don't get there and they're working somewhere else where they, you know, potentially now look back and say, Hey, I could have been, 
uh, where, you know, Ash is right now, or I could be where Tanner is, Greg is. Um, and uh, based off of what you said, you obviously did not want to go down that route. You want to make sure to, to show that it's physically possible for you to be able to go there. Now, follow-up question to that. Did you ever play any sports when you were younger? What kind of, you know, brought you up there? Because I know with people who work in the sports industry, it's because they had either played sports when they were younger or even watched sports on an everyday basis. Yeah, 100%. So growing up, um, I played basketball really up until through high school. Um, my life kind of revolved around sports growing up. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of people that work in this business um, have some sort of passion or relationship with sports growing up. And, um, you know, ultimately got to a point in high school where you realize that the sport that you play and that you love, uh, you know, you're not going to necessarily have a collegiate or professional career doing so. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I started to get pretty intrigued by the business side of it. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was a big sports guy growing up um, and basketball was kind of my main sport. Wasn't that great at it. Um, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, but, um, you know, to this day, probably the sport that I'm the most passionate about. Well, that makes both of us. I played basketball for one year, retired after that. I think I had five <laughs> points, and uh, out of the five points, they're all just free throws. So it wasn't too exciting there at my end, especially <laughs> the, the fan base is wrecked. So nothing. It's not like I was going to be scouted for the pros, which is always a, a good sign because I think it would have been pretty tough to watch. Um, but when you talked about moving to, to Miami Dolphins, getting your first position there, as well as ha- having help from um, you know getting experience in, in college there, what kind of set you up to to make the move to Miami? Obviously, West Coast. Now we're going all the way to the east, essentially East Coast. There, um, big move, especially in sports. You have to take a chance to to move over uh, to find that opportunity. But what kind of led you down to Miami and ultimately with the Dolphins? So I had a few goals for myself looking ahead post graduation. Um, you know, I wanted to move away from home. You know, move away from the West Coast just because. You know, I'd gotten so comfortable being there um, and I really wanted to challenge myself and start to get, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. You'll hear hear, hear me saying that a lot. But, um, you know, the reality was there was a whole other other side of the country that I haven't experienced up until that point. And, you know, I really wanted to just start a new chapter in my life. Um, You know, I always joke to people looking back, um, you know, there's worse places to move to than Miami after college. That's for sure. Uh, But, um, you know, I was really just impressed with the Dolphins organization from the beginning. And after having conversations with them, um, you know, number one, their leadership was absolutely top notch, right? They clearly had a track record for growing people within the business, which, you know, was very important to me at the time. Um, Number two, you know, I felt wanted right throughout the whole process. And and that was a great feeling. Um, And now being in a manager role, you know, I took a lot away. I take a lot away from the process I was a part of and, you know, try to apply some of those things when I'm recruiting. Um, but, you know, lastly, like I had the opportunity to not only be surrounded by top talent in the industry, but, you know, also the opportunity to be around not only the NFL on the Dolphin side, but my, the Miami Open, which is a huge tennis tournament, um, Formula One as well, which is, you know, one of the biggest sports in the world, one of the fastest growing sports in the world. And, um, you know, right as they were about to head into their inaugural year in Miami. So to be around all those incredible properties was was pretty exciting. Um, and so looking back, uh, by far one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life to take that job and, and move out to Miami. And, you know, little did I know and I was going to work with some incredible people who are some of my best friends to this day and gain some incredible mentors and, um, you know, develop a strong sales foundation as well. It's pretty cool you say that because you're 100 percent right with Miami, right? The Miami or the Florida Panthers, obviously, 
Miami, but Florida made it to the final for NHL this past year. Miami yeah. Heat made it to the final as well. Unfortunately, results did not be, weren't in their favor, <laughs> but the Dolphins also are much better than they have been in the past. Like you look at a team and um, for Dolphins in general, when I was in college, always a top five team to work for. Um, I think they have it on um, front office sports. If I do recall, of like organizations mm-hmm. to work for where you want to work. Um, and they're always top five. And so it's, it's tough to get a position there, first of all. And the fact that you said that you fit in, that's really something that I feel nowadays tends to be a little bit overlooked where you want to work for that team just because um, it's a, it's a team that you've always want to work for. But for you, you know, you had goals of a, I want to move out of, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, which believe it or not, not many people have that, especially right out of college of having that inspiration. Um, the other one, just being able to work with great leaders, which is obviously has set you apart from others with being able to develop you to a high level, um, as well as, you know, working kind of where you're at right now. But um, when you were in Miami, you said you worked with kind of the uh, different opportunities there. What kind of did you do um, when it came to selling? Did you specifically sell a new business? Uh, what did that look like there when you were in Miami? Yeah, so um, definitely a new business focused role. Um, you know, that was one of the cool perks um, of the sales development role, they call it in Miami is um, it's a new business focused role, but we were full menu, right? So we got to sell everything from full season tickets, which were our primary focus, but, you know, also group tickets and then um, all of our premium and hospitality seating as well, right? Both on a um, single game um, basis as well as a full season basis as well. So, um, you know, to be able to sell, you know, a variety of different products was was kind of a cool opportunity that we had. And, um, you know, where better of a place to do so than in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium and, you know, some of the best, best premium, you know, seating um, experiences in, in all of sports. So uh, that was a pretty cool opportunity. I can definitely agree when I talked to Tanner, he agreed with everything you said with just the opportunities of growth. And for you, like you said, being surrounded by the people that would ultimately get you to where you are right now, as well as continue to to help you with mentorship, as well as just people around you. What kind of led you to the decision of moving on to the Charlotte Hornets? Obviously, I've moved from Iowa to Seattle, so I know the the same process of, hey, looking to grow your career to the next level. Miami in general, they the goal is for them, based off my understanding, is to get you to that level where you are able to go and help another organization as well as grow within that organization. Sure. What did that process kind of look like there uh, when ultimately making that decision? Yeah, so about halfway through my time in Miami, um, the Hornets reached out to me about an account executive opportunity. And you know, to be honest, at the time, I wasn't really looking to leave. Um, you know, I was working for an incredible organization. Um, you know, I was learning a ton. Um, loved the people that I worked for and worked with. And, um, you know, I also lived loved living in South Florida as well. Um, you know, I think anytime you consider an opportunity, right, it really needs to check three boxes. Um, number one, on the personal side of things, is the location of that job opportunity somewhere you want to live, which is which is very important. Um, number two, you know, do you have an opportunity to come in and make an impact in the role? Um, and is this a step that's going to help you to get you where you want to go in the long run? Um, and I think lastly, just, you know, are you going to be working for and learning from good people, you know, who are going to be, um, you know, who are going to invest in you personally and professionally? So, you know, all three of those things kind of checked out, you know, when I did my due diligence and went through the process with Charlotte. 
you know, I have to give a huge shout out to um, Allie Anaheim, who was the one that recruited me there and, you know, essentially sold me on the vision that she had for me. Um, so, you know, took a leap of faith. And, and although I was leaving a, a really good situation in Miami, it was a great, great next step for me, both personally and professionally. Like how you said, there's three things that are important, obviously, leadership, the opportunity for growth, and then just making sure you want to live there. I think that's something that we tend to at times just jump like, oh, I would rather live. You know, I don't care. It's a professional team. Then you get there and you're like, wow, like cultural shock of I don't even know what's going on here. I'm not a country person, right? If you're natural, I'm not a country person. I'm more rock, you know, vice versa there. Um, I think that's very important to be able to have those three kind of you know, in general viewpoints of what you're looking for when it comes to moving. Uh, like you said, you had a great opportunity in, in Miami, but you also wanted to see uh, what there was in, in Charlotte. Now, when you were in Charlotte, obviously you had the opportunity to actually switch over to the premium sales side. What kind of did that kind of look like? Um, I know it's something that organizations are trying to do more is growth within the organization. Was that kind of how um, they kind of sold it to you or what kind of happened during that little uh, transition over there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, initially joined Charlotte as an account executive on their membership sales team. So again, a full menu selling role, but primarily focused at say on selling season tickets. Um, you know, my mindset going into Charlotte, right. And really comes from the environment that I was with, that was in Miami. Um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be the best, right. It was something that kind of drove me and, you know, I didn't, want to just be one of the best reps in Charlotte. I wanted to be one of the best, you know, in the industry. Um, and it was probably, um, you know, crazy for me to have a goal like that, but it's something that, you know, really since I started in this business that I had a goal and something that's always motivated me. Um, so, you know, I really, really wanted to come in. I was very aware of my personal brand, what I wanted my personal brand to be. And, um, you know, I was willing to sacrifice anything, right, um, you know, to be able to accomplish my goals and, and to build the kind of brand that I wanted. Um, so um, obviously a lot of hard work. I think um, I was fortunate to have some success on the season ticket front in my first couple of months in Charlotte. And, um, you know, I think the the whole premium sales role was it was it was kind of right place, right time, but goes back to. Um, you know, kind of be where your feet are, right? Do everything possible to succeed in the current role that you're at right now and and future opportunities are going to open themselves up to you. So, um, you know, the premium sales role was naturally the next step for me. Um, I enjoyed the challenge of having big sales goals and, you know, being responsible for selling some of the higher dollar products. And, and this role really allowed me to focus on that. Uh, but again, you know, it was a relatively quicker promotion, but just goes to show why it's so important to you know, seek out opportunities to work for leaders like that who, you know, invest in you. And, you know, none of that would have been possible if I didn't have a leadership team that believed in me and my potential and really invested in my growth. So, you know, that entire leadership team in Charlotte at the time, um, you know, Ali Anaheim, Will Bardaglio, Drew Prasser, Jacob Gallagher, um, and the rest of the crew, just forever, forever grateful, you know, to them for that opportunity and for just believing in me and my potential as well. It's great to hear that. Like it, it comes back to the leaders that you work for. Obviously, at times, if you don't do the research, you don't know who you're going to work for. Therefore, it could potentially not go as 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 planned. But like you said, it was your next step of what you want to do. They gave you the opportunity to grow within your well out of your comfort zone in a way because you didn't never really did around premium sales besides a little bit at Miami. Um, but what kind of led you to then make the new move to um, being a manager inside sales, obviously a very 
huge you know decision as well as just role itself being able to develop the next sales professionals and you know have that kind of leadership to be able to have people come to Houston and say hey Ash is there I'm going there there's no questions asked if I get the opportunity I'm going to work with him just kind of curious on what kind of led you to uh, that path there in Houston. Sure so um you know, becoming an inside sales manager was really something I had as a goal of mine since I entered into the business. Um, you know, something that I definitely actively voiced to my leaders everywhere I've been. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the satisfaction, the fulfillment that I get when I see young reps develop and grow and reach their potential and ultimately, you know, accomplish their goals, um, you know, trumps even the satisfaction that I got when I was selling um, and as an individual contributor. So, you know, I think slowly over time, that really became my purpose. Um, and, you know, when this opportunity in Houston came up, I think it really appealed to me for a few different reasons. Uh, number one, I did inside sales in the NFL, right? So it was kind of sort of a full circle moment where, you know, I was able to come back to the NFL to lead an inside sales team, um, especially in a big market like Houston. Um, I think number two, Houston or just Texas in general was a pretty desirable place for me to live. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever been to Houston, but, you know, I put it up next to any city in this country as far as food cities is concerned. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, uh, a foodie at heart. So I, I love that aspect of it. But um, on top of that, like I mentioned, right, Houston's a big market. And if you know anything about football in Texas, it's sort of like a religion down here, which is which is pretty cool to be a part of. Um but as far as the role was concerned, you know, we are a relatively newer sales department. So, you know, to give you some context, for the longest time, the Texans haven't had a need for a whole built-out sales team. Um, you know, we've had a late wait list for season tickets for years. Um, the team was pretty solid year in and year out. But, you know, over the course of the last few years, um, you know, we've had some things come up that has led to a need to rebuild our season ticket member base. Um, and so our VP, our executive leadership team, you know, had a vision to build out the sales department um, like a traditional sales department with many organizations in the sports industry. Um, and so, you know, just the opportunity to come in, make an impact and help build this thing up there, um, you know, and I believe that. I had a lot that I could bring to the table to help make that happen. So, um, but aside from that, man, it just, you know, continues on with the theme of people believing in me and trusting me with opportunities. So I'm um, extremely grateful for that. Well, it's pretty incredible that you're able to lay the foundation of, you know, something new, especially in an organization where, like you said, in the past hasn't had to have inside sales. And we know, you know, there's a lot of organizations like the Packers are one of them where, they have a wait sure. list. They don't have inside sales. They have premium service sales, which as far as I know, is pretty much just there to make sure the clients are happy. But um, like you said, just being able to build it with within and having people trust you is very important. But I also find it very awesome to be able to have the opportunity because not saying that COVID maybe had made those changes. I know for our ticket base uh, has gone down since COVID and that's just because that's just how it is. Um, unfortunately, but being able to be in that manager position, um, have you guys started hiring? Like, what does that process look like? What does that every day kind of look like for you since it's a little bit new and you're kind of probably um, thinking on the fly? Sure. So, um, 
I currently manage a team of nine inside sales representatives. So, you know, on a day in, day out basis, a week in, week out basis, a lot of my, um, you know, days and weeks are centered around them, right? So whether that's meeting with them in one-on-ones weekly, um, conducting pipeline meetings, conducting trainings, um, helping out with certain appointments or, you know, jumping on calls to to help close some deals. That's probably, you know, the biggest part of the job. Um, and then obviously as an inside sales manager, you know, you want to make sure that you're actively recruiting as well. So, um, you know, having conversations and, you know, even informational interviews with candidates and, and talent across the country is something that I do um, quite a bit as well. Um, I'd say as well, a big part of my job is to, you know, also work with the rest of our ticketing leadership team as well, right? Discuss strategy, you know, behind a lot of different things, um, you know, marketing campaigns, sales prospecting events, right? Sales contests, et cetera, um, you know, which is a pretty fun part of the job. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, you're also collaborating with a lot of other departments as well. So, you know, weekly we're communicating with HR, we're, you know, communicating with our service team, we're communicating with marketing, um, definitely our business analytics group. So, um, you know, that part, that collaboration is is definitely, a, you know, something that I was very looking forward to as well. I'll say nine is better than three. And when I was at the Iowa Wild, we only had three uh, inside sales <laughs> reps and it was more of a intern role that led to a full-time position. But I can agree with being able to do that has got to be exciting, but kind of following up with that, the people you're looking for, like what advice would you have for people who step in that role and are, you know, obviously given the opportunity to work in Houston as a new sales rep, what's something that you look forward uh, when it comes to them applying necessarily speaking, as well as just the interview process of exactly what you're looking for to, to build your organization and be even stronger? Yeah. So a couple different things, right? I think number one, it's just being fearless. You know, everybody knows the cliche and I've mentioned it already in this call, but um, being comfortable with, with being uncomfortable, right? It's it's a cliche, but it's, it's true. Um, you know, getting out of your comfort zone because, you know, you ultimately learn so much about yourself personally and professionally and, and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations ultimately, you know, helps you to, to develop and be successful. And, you know, whether that's going out of your way to role play with teammates, right, or train or, you know, picking up the phone and calling that business or that CEO, you know, volunteering and trainings, um, just be fearless. Um, I think it's 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 incredibly important, especially for somebody first stepping into a sales role. Um, I'd say number two is, is find your why, right? Find your passion. Um, it's no surprise that working in sports is a grind. Um, you know, it's a lot of late nights, it's working weekends, working on the holidays, working a lot of events, um, and you need to understand why you do it in the first place. So, you know, finding what motivates you and using that to push through the tough times is, is extremely important as well. Um, and then also, you know, just not getting too high on the highs and not getting too low on the lows. Um, you know, you probably can attest to this as well. Um, sales is a roller coaster, right? You're going to have good days, you're going to have good weeks, good months, but, you know, on the flip side, you're also going to have some pretty rough days and rough weeks and rough months as well. Um, and so everybody that's been in this business, that's been in the sales role has experienced this. And, you know, especially when you're early on in your career, that can be something that's tough to deal with. So just, you know, it's important to remember to remain consistent, right, with your mindset, because um, that's really what separates the good from the great um, in this business. Um, and then another thing, too, that I wish, you know, I kind of looking back when I first started in this business that I really, you know, understood was, um, you know, your personal brand is everything, 
right? This industry is so small and it's so tight knit. And, you know, the one thing that carries with you is your brand, right? And your reputation. So, um, you know, treat every day like it's a job interview, right? Do everything, you know, no matter how small or how big it is, like you're signing your name to it. Um, and, you know, it's just some of the traits, right? Like be a good teammate, have a positive attitude, volunteer to do some things, even when it's may, when it may not be convenient for you, uh, you know, show up every day, just ready to win the day, uh, you know, be the hardest worker in the room. Uh, all those things I just mentioned are, you know, something that you can control, right? And you have a choice to do those things every single day. And um, I think doing those little things go a long, long way. Um, and lastly, just have fun, right? You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I tell my team this all the time, like, we get to walk into a stadium or, or an arena every single day, you know, and call that our workplace. So, uh, you know, we get a paid, we get paid to talk about football all day long. Um, and so, yeah, it's competitive. It's a grind. You know, you're going to have aggressive goals that you have to go hit, but um, it's important to keep, keep those things in perspective sometimes. Well, say that the, the high, the roller coaster effect is definitely a thing. Um, I think I, <laughs> I hit it a little bit tough because in inside sales as you said it's a grind like you have to have that mindset coming in like at the end of the day it doesn't matter what happens at the end of the day the next day you have to make sure you refresh just like any athlete i always let my um my coworkers know that hey like at the end of the day whatever sport it is i go in there and i i'm more of a hockey guy you know i'm in the soccer sure. market but <laughs> thinking of like hey like if i was an athlete in that position like I'm not going to give up just because, you know, someone says, you know, screw you or, or, or something over the phone, which uh, was my first call. So that was never a, a good sign. But also, like you said, your brand is so huge now, especially with LinkedIn being connected, networking. You don't want to leave you know, a page unturned, essentially, of like someone reaching out to you, you know, potentially for an opportunity. You want to make sure at least you reach out saying, hey, thanks for the opportunity. But, you know, it's not you know good for me for this position and so on. And so I agree with that, especially with nil deals um going on as well just being able to progress and show that you're a strong candidate before you even get that first position um to kind of follow up with that question um what's your kind of thoughts of people like reaching out to you over a linkedin what's your kind of uh, view of that of how they should um reach out to you versus you know some people might send you know paragraphs of like hey i applied for this position i just want you to know that you know i'm candidate best candidate and so on kind of what's your view of people reaching out to you on linkedin um, not necessarily like you know right away but you know maybe if they're interested in a position especially inside sales sure um you know i think number one building authentic relationships is important right and so i think you know if that first time that you're reaching out to anybody, even if it's a hiring manager, if it's strictly to to get a job or to get an interview, right? Like, you know, your your chances of probably doing so aren't as high as, you know, if you nurture a relationship over time, right? Or if you are, you know, reaching out to just be curious to pick somebody's brain about their journey and their, you know, their career journey, the different stops they've been at, and, you know, maybe some of the advice that they can pass along that they've learned over the years. I think anybody that I know in this industry is willing to do that. Um, um, you know, we all understand the grind, the competitive nature of this business and how hard it was to break in. Um, and so when we have those opportunities to um, connect with, with with folks who are looking to do that, just that and, and break into the business, then 
um, you know, we're always willing to pass on some of that advice, right? So um, I would say just be curious, right? Be authentic when you reach out to people, be curious, um, you know, look to set up informational interviews, pick people's brains about, you know, some of the experiences they've had in the business and what they've learned. And, um, you know, usually when you do so, and, you know, you connect with, um, you know, a good amount of professionals in this business, there's a lot that you can take away from just having some of those conversations. And so, um, you know, when, you're, when your outreach is authentic, you know, you're being genuine in, in terms of wanting just to learn more about, you know, somebody's role or, you know, the experiences they've had in the industry up until that point, um, you know, there there isn't a whole lot of people I know that wouldn't be willing to have a conversation like that. Absolutely. I think that's what everyone needs to hear, especially sometimes myself when, you know, maybe there's, you know, some interest of one of your coworkers or someone's interested in a position and you maybe said hi to one person once over, uh, you know, LinkedIn or a different platform thinking that you have a relationship, but you do have to basically throughout the years or even, you know, years in general, build that relationship to get that opportunity potentially later on. Um, we will shift it over here to the Flash Friday questions. So this is something that we like to do to make sure our um, listeners are kind of knowing exactly who Ash is and kind of what his uh, characteristics are when it comes to outside the office. So the first question, you kind of lined it up for me earlier on, but you said you're a big foodie. Uh, what what What's your favorite food um, in general? And then what's your favorite food in Texas um, now that, or in Houston, I should say, um, now that you're there? Yeah, so um, my favorite food is chicken parm. Um, I think if anybody listening to this that, that knows me, they, they'd they laugh a little bit right now because that's absolutely by far my favorite food. Um, as far as my favorite food in Texas, um, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about the whole Tex-Mex, you know, cuisine before getting down here, but you know, it seems like every corner here in Houston has a nice little Tex-Mex restaurant. And, um, you know, I've definitely abused that a little bit in my first few months being here in Houston, but uh, that's got to be at the top of the list for me. What What's kind of like Tex-Mex? Like, give us kind of uh, insights there. I have some friends, but they always say about it, but they never say exactly what that really includes. What's kind of that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's probably there's probably a reason why they haven't been able to tell you because I don't know if I know myself to be totally honest with you, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the way they cook things or if it's the things on the menu. Um, I know it's definitely um, you know not real authentic Mexican food, but um, you know just compared to some of the places that I've been in the past, you know, it's it definitely beats beats a lot of that. So um, I wish I had a better answer for you. I'm not exactly sure what I could point to when it comes to that, but. Um, you know, if you're ever down in Texas or you're down in Houston, I mean, it's definitely something that you got to check out. We'll just say it's better than Taco Bell. How about that? There you go. We'll, there you we'll go. Keep Absolutely. it, keep it plain <laughs> and simple there. Uh, the next question has to do with, uh, basketball. So obviously you said you played basketball. You said you weren't good, which I don't know. So you could, you'd probably better than I was uh, in general. Um, but if you had one chance to be on a one-on-one to be able to potentially develop to this so-called player which player would you uh, want to have a one-on-one with just being able to know the fundamentals of of basketball or any sport in this case to be able to potentially go pro yeah absolutely I mean growing up I was the biggest Kobe Bryant fan Um, you know growing up in California um, in the kind of time period that I grew up um, Kobe was kind of everybody's favorite player right and um, you know it's it's unfortunate that he's passed and 
you know, that, that was a tough, tough time. But growing up, I mean, some of my, you know, favorite memories watching basketball were watching the Lakers and watching Kobe and, you know, all the, all the cool things that he did. So, you know, if I were to have that opportunity, it would definitely be with Kobe. And, um, you know, I think he's, you know, an idol to a lot of people. And he was definitely an idol to, to me growing up as well. Yeah, I always, uh, every time I played basketball back in the in the day, every time someone went up for a shot, they would say Kobe. So it's exactly it's definitely a it's <laughs> definitely a you know nationwide thing as well as you know the whole universe. Especially when he passed, it was it was a tough time for sports in general. Um, just based off of like just how many people looked at him as a role model, he'd never give up. I, I remember the quote where he's like, "The job's not finished." The, the, the exactly. job's not finished. Right. And so that's perfect with your mentality of, you know, constantly trying to, you know, help others as well as help yourself grow in your uh, position. But besides sports, let's say there's an the off day, which is crazy in sports to even have off day. But there's an the off day. We could go anywhere in the world, do anything for 24 hours. Where would you go and why? Every, anywhere in the world. That's that's a tough one. Um, I'd say my favorite just getaway, you know, spot, I guess, in the, in the country is, is definitely South Florida. Um, I was just there a few weeks ago and for that, for that July 4th week. And, um, you know, I got to live there, but it, you know, my time there was cut short a little bit. So I got a lot of great friends that are still down there in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. So, you know, anytime I get a break or, you know, we have, you know, a couple days off or whatnot, you know, I like to make, make my way over there and, you know, just reconnect with, with some of my good friends and, and just hang out and have a good time. So, um, it's probably there. Um, you know, if I were to go out of country, um, and, you know, kind of visit a place that I haven't been to just yet, um, I think Italy is probably at the top of that list. So, um, it's a little tough working in sports, you know, to get enough time off to be able to, to travel to a place like that. But, um, you know, the next time that I do get that opportunity, that's probably where I'm going to end up. I've, uh, I've been to Italy. It's, it's great. So, uh, no, you know, n- nothing bragging about, cause I was very young <laughs> and I don't think I appreciate it as much as I did, but it is uh, a cool place. I will say being in a different country, it's also kind of like strange cause you don't know what to expect. And, uh, primarily, uh, when it comes to, you know, equivalent of money, you don't really know how much. And so, um, which is kind of cool, but, um, I appreciate you being on, on the podcast here, Ash, beside, before we, we leave off here, um, how can our listeners reach out to you? And, um, you know, is there any advice that you'd say that you maybe not have shared yet on the podcast about people who are looking to get in sports, especially in the sales aspect? Sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, so definitely uh, feel free to reach out to me there. And then um, I'm also on the Clubhouse platform as well. Um, and I have a Calendly attached to that directly. So you know, if you're a member or become a member of that platform, then, you know, you can easily um, set up a call through there. Um, always looking to connect with with people all over the country and network and, you know, get to meet some new people. So I'm um, always up for that. And, you know, in terms of advice, um, I would just really just say be be fearless. Right. And if you, um, you know, really, really want want something, um, be proactive about it. Network. Right. Which, you know, I know you've you, you can kind of attest to that, the importance of networking and growing your network and, um, you know, reach out to do some informational interviews, um, you know, pick people's brains, be authentic in the relationships that you build. And, um, and, you know, I think if you do those things and you stay committed, um, you know, to, to hopefully breaking into the business and building a career out of this thing, then, you know, you'll put yourself in a good spot to do so. 
I couldn't agree more. I'm a big networking person in general, which people always bug me about, like, oh, I don't need a network. And then, you know, down the line, you'll realize where they're like, well, I'm looking for an art position. And, you know, they didn't do the time when they were in the position. And now they're, you know, either scrambling or they get off of sports. So I totally agree with that. And the clubhouse, sorry for not explaining that, but it is a platform that helps um, professionals uh, get in touch with college students as well as people who are looking to get in the sports industry. So I'd highly recommend um, checking that platform. I use that platform on an everyday basis. That's how I actually networked with a lot of my um, mentors now because of it. So I highly recommend reading, reaching out uh, to Ash on there. Um, but with that, we thank all of our listeners here for Front Office View Friday, and we'll be back here next week.